Hello, and welcome to Hard Fried History, a hybrid history and comedy podcast run by two aspiring entertainers. Podcast is more of a rant, really. That have failed at almost everything else. I don't fail because I don't try, so there. We appreciate you checking us out, and if you want to see extra content, follow us on Instagram or give us a like on Facebook at Hard Fried History. Subscribe to us on YouTube or tell us we're full of shit on Twitter at, at HFH Podcast. If you like going that extra mile, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening and leave us a a flattering a glowing review and of course tell your friends family and even people you don't like about us that's right again thank you for listening and without further ado the episode Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome back or welcome to this week's episode of Hard Fried History. We got a good one for you today. I've seen a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff about this figure circulating on the internet recently and I wanted to do an episode because I got curious. We're going to be looking at Robert Smalls. And he's a South Carolina mm-hmm. Republican, former enslaved person, and Civil War hero. Uh, unfortunately, we were gonna do a two-parter on him, but we didn't get to, we didn't schedule it out that way. Although, so I'm gonna focus mainly on like the Civil War and Reconstruction and kind of the events that defined his life. But he lived for a long ass time and did have like a very yeah full political career and just lived through like a shit ton of history but first things first we got the sources the first one is this mm-hmm. book right here Gullah statesman by edward a miller jr published in 1995 and then on my kindle i read be free or die by kate lineberry 2017 lineberry just focuses on the civil war and that book is actually pretty good and it's a pretty quick read uh Gullah statement is a bit more dense i'm not gonna lie a bit more but, dense yeah. Okay. Yeah, like really, okay. like okay. small text, but also very technical. Like he went to this nominating convention and nominated these local judges, and I'm just like, fuck, I, I don't. Care. And that's the, that's the crazy <laughs> thing about that type of stuff is like, you're like, ah, oh, this is, I don't care about this shit, but like that's actually like the shit that really matters. Yeah. The nominating yeah. conventions. Yeah. And you're like, like, man, this is so uninteresting, and it's like, oh, yeah. really? Because this shaped the. There's a courts in South Carolina for, for yeah. two decades. And it's like, oh Yeah, well. this petty this petty convention should, uh, outside of a <laughs> at a at a fucking courtyard Marriott. Yeah. Has it, fucked it, over millions of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if it's so damn important, maybe you should have wrote it a little better, huh? I mean there's That's no way you. to make a okay. there's no yeah, way to make a maybe a, not. Maybe not. A, a nominating convention sound fun. Fun. I'm yeah. Just gonna, it's just it's pretty out. it's pr- I've read about a lot of them and I've yet to see it done uh, yet to see it mastered. Anyway, without yeah. further ado. April 5th, 1839, 
Martin Van Buren is president, and Robert Smalls is born in Beaufort, South Carolina, which is an island off the coast of South Carolina. I was looking at some maps of South Carolina yeah. for this, and I didn't know yeah. like how many of those that coastal regions were like islands, but they yeah. look like they're part of the mainland, but they're technically islands because a river separates them from the fucking yeah, main. Yeah, it's chunk. like a weird. Yeah, it's like it's a it's a it's a uh, the Gullah people. And I know about them being like they're like in islands. I don't know if they're free or are they enslaved. Are they like free people? The Gullah people. I'm pretty sure the Gullah, Gullah people are are enslaved. I'm pretty sure. And the okay. Gullah is like right. a, like the dialect that emerges in the Sea Islands area. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, there's uh, the like you know Hilton Head, which is like where like a lot of rich white people go to like vacation in South Carolina. No. It's just like Gullah. It's Gullah land. Oh. It's like their <laughs> land that they got took, got took from them. <laughs> yeah, Hilton Head. It's a lot of golf tournaments there. Very fun golf game. You in a golfing? You're golf guy. Okay, let's move on. Uh, sometimes <laughs> not. Not when when I'm when I'm uh, getting drunk with Alex's dad. Then then I'm a golf. Oh, then I'm okay. a golf guy. All okay. right. It's a, All right. It's a good time. Right. <laughs> it's a good right. time. Okay. His mother is another enslaved person named Lydia Polite, and she teaches him to speak. Gullah, which I I want to like hear how this sounds because it sounds interesting. Just reading about it, it's like you know the particular dialect that's like African influence, but I guess also part English. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. But it's like the dialect that emerged it's, from the people in in the Sea Islands area, the enslaved people in particular. It's probably sounds like I don't know what it sounds like, but the, what you're describing it just sounds like a patois, like a yeah, 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 Jamaican thinking. people sound yeah. and how fucking Bahamian people sound. Yeah, just English mixed with fucking African uh, rhythms and kind of sounds. Sounds cool. Yeah. 1851, Smalls is hired out in Charleston. He's living with the sister-in-law of his owner, and while in Charleston, he works as a lamplighter. And then he begins working as a mm-hmm. stevedore on the docks, just unloading freight and whatever else. And mm-hmm. then eventually he begins working as a sailor where he learns like how to pilot ships and just do all of the work that you would need to do as a sailor and eventually as a, as a, as a captain, which will, it will okay. uh, come to help him out later, to say the least. Christmas Eve, 1856, okay. he marries Hannah Jones, who's another enslaved woman and like much older then he is like Hannah Jones is in his her thirties when they get married, and he at this time I guess would be seventeen. So, and he also yeah. said like and he sometimes. said it when he recollected he was like I wanted an older woman because she would like keep me in line. You know I didn't want to be running around and shit. I wanted I wanted somebody to like yeah. Some people like dom- uh, the dominant people. Yeah, man. Some people, you know what I mean. Some people can't handle control. All right. Some people don't know what to do with themselves. I don't. What are you alluding to right now? Because I feel like it's very myself. personal, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're anybody's ready for that. December twentieth of eighteen sixty, South Carolina yeah. secedes from the Union, and Major Union Major Robert Anderson moves into Fort Sumter to better defend the Union troops. I guess it, yeah, Union troops uh, stationed 
and in around Charleston and their families as well. And then, of course, April 12th, 1861, uh, there's a ship with provisions sent by Lincoln because Anderson and his men have been holed up in Fort Sumter for, like, months now. And there was a a Star of the West that was sent there earlier, and so Lincoln's sending another one. Uh, The Confederates demand Anderson surrender. He refuses, and so the Confederates open fire on Fort Sumter, commonly acknowledged as, like, the official, official outbreak of the... Civil War, and then like as a as a background, uh, what Smalls is doing, Smalls and Hannah Jones, his wife, are working to buy the freedom of their children. So in June, Small joins the crew of this steamship called the Planter. It was owned by this guy John Ferguson, and he's making sixteen dollars an hour. Most of it went to his his owner, this guy Henry McKee. But Small negotiates uh, $1 for himself. So he gets $1 an hour, and 15 of that goes to McKee because it's just fucked up. Yeah, that's the old, uh, what's that called? I mean, that is, they have like, this is like, I think we talked about this earlier, like you're talking about like slavery in certain places was like, it was like, yeah, you get to like work, you, you can lease out your work, but they still own your work, and you yeah. get like a small percentage yeah. to like, that you save up and eventually maybe. If he allows you to, you yeah, can, you can he, give him he, money. For like, I'll freedom. give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a nickel for every dollar you make. And yeah, it's like, basically shit like that. Also, the the yeah. the when did the Civil War start? Question is like, yeah. just depends on who you fucking ask. Some people would be like, yeah. it started eight sixty one. It started eighteen sixty. It started eighteen fifty five in Kansas. I'm a Kansas. I'm a I'm a Kansas guy. I'm a bleeding Kansas man. All right, I am in the. Some people I am in that take group. it back to All the right. constitutional fucking convention. That's when yeah, it fucking started. Yeah, okay, that's a little. <laughs> that's a bit of a not a stretch, a stretch. but just this a little like, like I'm just, okay, I'm just, dude. <laughs> that's not a real opinion. That's just my. That's that's just like what the shit you'll hear. Like it never. It always yeah. has been by some nerd. By war. some nerd. Yeah. Some dude on the forums needs to fucking go outside. October 29th. Take it back to Cher- Cherokee Iroquois Wars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. That's man. the first civil war. <laughs> like, that's the first. Yeah. Mm. I don't even know if they fought, but all right. <laughs> October 29th, 1861. The largest fleet ever assembled by the U.S. Navy uh, leaves for, it's called the, the South Atlantic Blocking Squadron. They set sail, yeah. f- the fleet set sail from Fort Monroe in Hampton Roads, Virginia for the Confederate coast. And the naval commander is this guy, Samuel Francis DuPont, and then the the land commander, army commander, I guess, this guy, Thomas W. Sherman, no relation to William Tecumseh Sherman. Now, they land at Port Royal next month. And Port Royal, it's kind of like the midway point between Savannah and Charleston, to where yeah. this is like one prong of the Civil War that I kind of, I had fun learning about because I didn't know anything about it, where you have to close all of these port cities up and like Savannah and Charleston yeah. are, are harder nuts to crack than Port Royal is and yeah. Port Royal's right in between the two. So it's just like, let's just fucking, we'll land there and we'll export our guys right from there. There's about 14,000 troops. I think that's Navy and army combined that end up landing at Port Royal. Okay. Wow. It's uh you gotta close those ports. You gotta close those ports down. Cause you don't want to get that cotton out so they can fund yep. Yep. this, this war. <laughs> Yeah, like Europe and yeah. not not only Europe, but just northern merchants who are just like, eh, we don't give a shit, you know. Is uh yeah that idea of uh I mean that's we could touch on Juan Cortina stuff that that's mm-hmm. all part yeah, of, like yeah. why the Matamoras was popping. Bad dad. Texas, yeah, they're just selling Texas uh cotton and and, and beef. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Those Longhorns, baby. Yeah. 
February of 1862. This is the beginning of the Port Royal Experiment, which is concocted by Treasury Secretary Salmon P. Chase, Lincoln, and this Boston attorney named Ed Edward Pierce. And it's the first large-scale effort to help enslave people in the Port Royal area uh, transition from enslavement to freedom they set up like housing gave, yeah. gave them uh, food and medicine and like paid them to work and all, all sorts of stuff yeah where smalls comes in 3 a.m the wee hours of may 13th 1862 the planter steamship which was in services which was being used by the confederacy Captain by Smalls, he and a couple of his his guys, they decide to they're gonna make a break for it, right? And so Smalls, yeah. he kind of organizes this this conspiracy with his other guys, and they're like, "This is when they leave. They hijack the planter. They roll out of Charleston Harbor. He like wears the hat of the Confederate commander, and they do it late at night. That way, it's yeah. like if anybody sees them, they'll see the hat and they'll they'll think." that it's it's the regular guy and no, nothing's amiss, you know? And they, like, pass Fort Sumter and everything, and they actually end up, like, being seen by some Confederate lookouts, but it, by the time they had, like, raised the alarm or done anything, it was already too late, and the planter's yeah. just hauling ass yeah. across the water. Not at first, of course, because if you go too fast at first, they're going to know something's up, so it's just kind of going very slow for a while, and then as soon as you get out of range, you're like, all right, Fucking throw some more, throw some more coal in that engine, you know, or some wood yeah. in that engine, and then boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 picking up, and it goes, you know, it goes past Fort Johnson, past Fort Sumter, and then heads for all these Union vessels off the coast of, of Charleston Bar instead of east toward Morris Island. And he gets there. He's yeah. intercepted by another Union vessel. He like lowers the Confederate flag and raises a, a white a white sheet instead to make sure that it's known, like, hey, I'm I'm surrendering. Yeah. And he passes off strategic information about, like, vulnerabilities along the Carolinian coast. And Rear Admiral DuPont, he writes to Navy Secretary Gideon Wells, saying he was so impressed with Smalls, he was employing him as a pilot of the planter. And that the vessel should be considered, like, a prize, because at the time the Navy had this policy where ships shouldn't be destroyed. They should be commandeered and yeah. taken back that way you can you know you can flip them and you can use them for your own shit you know that's like a classic that's like a i pretty sure they had that in pre, like a lot of navies had that where they're just like mm-hmm. look man it's a prize for you to catch it like that's a no one destroy it we mm-hmm. want to we want to fucking take it back put our shit on it mm-hmm. also the idea of him going to like towards these uh union vessels and being like yo i know how triggery trigger happy anybody in uniform is at black people. So I'm just going to, my mm-hmm. hands are already up. <laughs> I raise this flag. <laughs> I'm, I'm miles off the coast, fam. I'm miles away. I'm good, all right? <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind of the other thing about, like, uh, I guess viewing vessels as tools is, like, they're not people. There's kind of this thing that happens in the brain of it's just like, yo, what determines where a ship's loyalty are? A ship's... A ship's yeah. loyalty. A ship has no intrinsic loyalty. The the loyalty is of the no. crew. A ship is a tool. You know, it's not like a yeah. it's not like a soldier that you need to sure. kill. You need it's a it's an item. No. It's a ship. It's a tool. It's not a yeah. thing. We can just we can just raise a different flag, yeah. 
and it's cool, you know, and we and can use it for our own, ship. right? We don't need to destroy it, right? It's a completely yeah. different ship. It's the same ship, but it's completely now for on our side, you know? Yeah, you flip it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there was this other stipulation as part of the policy that the Navy has as far as encouraging people to commandeer the, the vessels that they had to be employed by the Navy. And Smalls yeah. at this time, he's a civilian and kind of has this like ambiguous legal standing for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. And so there's yeah. this kind of issue of like, how are they going to pay them? You know, but the incident, the, the, the escape of Smalls and the others and their, their families, it gets widespread cover, like international coverage. Mm-hmm. And it's like a devastating embarrassment for the Confederacy and like a, you know, the, it's a morale booster for the union for sure to be like, yeah. Oh shit. This is uh, taking some turns, this war is. You yeah. know? Philadelphia Inquirer, in particular, in, in regards, they do an appraisal of it. They say that the vessel is worth uh, probably about $30,000. But the, yeah. the sum that the Navy ends up rewarding to Smalls and the others is only about $9,000. And uh, the planter, I think, is later appraised by the Army to be worth $67,000. So they they got screwed, and then like the nine thousand dollars sum, they had to split that up between, I think like five or six. I'm not I'm not sure on the exact figure, but I think Smalls only gets like fifteen hundred dollars for yeah, something okay. that the Army appraised at sixty seven thousand yeah. dollars. Screwed, screwed by the U.S. Army. Screwed. Come on, dog. <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> like where my vets at? Dog? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for you guys. Okay. Yeah. And DuPont has Smalls begin working for Lieutenant Commander A.C. Rind, I think, still on the planter. Okay. So then getting into the Civil War more broadly, there's this guy. One of the first things that Smalls does, I think in like August of 1862, there's this guy, Reverend Mansfield French, and who takes who's interested in in using smalls as kind of a a figurehead a what do you call those guys who like like tour to sell war bonds and shit you know what would you propagandist yeah yeah more or less i mean propaganda is kind of neutral you can you can propagandize for yeah, good you like, can propagandize for bad it's kind of yeah. all you know uh yeah, yeah a they, figurehead they, they, of a promotional figure yeah, promotion. whatever yeah guys trying to sell war bonds that's but yeah <laughs> Yeah. Mansfield French, he has connections to the National Freedmen's Relief Association, and they sponsor a trip. French and Smalls go north to promote, to like raise, uh, raise funds, fundraise for the Port Royal experiment. And on the way, they're tasked with delivering a letter to Secretary of War Edwin Stanton from Brigadier General Rufus Saxton. Saxton is asking Stanton for permission to enlist black troops yeah and so they get there uh secretary of war stanton he requests smalls and french you know he gets saxton's request and he entrusts his reply to smalls and french personally and he says you give this to saxton this is my direct approval regarding the enlistment of black troops the first ever authorization from the war department saying this is what stanton says to smalls and french he says this must never see daylight because it is so much in advance of public opinion yeah. so stanton seems to think that if 
the enlistment of black troops was done via like a referendum or if it yeah. was even like leaked to the public because they're also still trying to like navigate around the border states and everything mm-hmm. that it would fucking blow a bunch of shit up. So he's like, no, we can't. Yeah. We can't let the public know about this one. They don't have a say in this one, but it it needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... It's, yeah, because opinion in the union is very mixed. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, the border yeah. states. I, 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 I don't know if I'm wrong on this, but, like, I'm pretty sure, uh, like, until, like, December of, of 1865, you still got, like, slaves in, like, Kentucky. <laughs> like, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I remember, like, I remember so, like, reading that. Could Like, the 13th yeah. Amendment... 13th Amendment, it didn't apply to the border states. Yeah, didn't apply to them. So. Oddly enough, so it's kind of like we all fought this whole war, and the, but yeah. there's still slavery existing in the Union after Appomattox, and it's like, yeah. you just go to the border states, like, all right, fellas, how you feeling about this now, you know? Like, yeah. What are we doing? They're like, where are we still waiting? Like, that was for everybody? That was for everybody? No. What are you... Ooh. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta think about it. Can you give me a few months? I gotta, I gotta, yeah, a few months. I gotta figure this That's out. What they, you know? That's what they needed. Yeah, it's crazy. He also and meets it's, Lincoln. And it's also strange that this is like it's interesting. Also, that this is happening in South Carolina, which is also where like the you know you seen the Denzel movie about the fifty fourth Massachusetts. Yep, yep. I'm not saying that word right. Yeah, but that all takes a lot. That takes place in South Carolina. Also, yeah. from my understanding, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll mention it. It's a uh, Fort Wagner and everything. I got some pretty, I got some pretty bitching maps, man. I'm not gonna lie. These, <laughs> you these and these maps, maps, I don't give a fuck about maps. Are sweet, I don't, I don't know. You They're trying sick. to convince okay? me that maps They're are really cool. cool. I, I'm gonna post I don't them. Don't care. About they're pretty map. awesome. I'm not gonna never said yeah, damn. Yeah, look at that map. I found a, I found a, I found a map of uh, like Fort Wagner and stuff and and uh, the 54th Massachusetts. Okay, Robert let's keep Shaw. Moving. Let's keep moving because <laughs> that is oh, that's nasty. He meets Lincoln. We don't really have a record of how their conversation went or what they talked yeah. about or whatever. He's awarded his prize money while there, and he invests it in government bonds. I don't really know how that pay, uh, plans out, but you know. Anyway, yeah. So. On April 7th of 1863, the next major event that Smalls participates in, at least that I want to focus on, is the assault on Charleston. DuPont is given nine ironclads for the job because I'm going to post these maps, like I said, because I am really excited about them because they are super cool, regardless of what Josh would have you believe. Okay, Charleston is a (laughs) hard-ass nut to crack, like... You have Charleston Harbor, which is like kind of deep in there, and then all of around all around it, you have these these islands, technically, and peninsulas and shit, where you build yeah. forts and you mount cannons on those forts. And so anybody who's trying to like get into Charleston Harbor has to fucking just get shredded by by yeah. all of these all of these cannons and shit from well, various angles. Yeah, man, it's yeah. like. It's gnarly, and but they they have to do it, you know. They have to take Charleston, and it's it would be like a big symbolic victory too, because Charleston, you know, it's like the birthplace of the secession movement and the Confederacy, no. and first first mm-hmm. you know first fucking state to secede and everything. And it's like yeah. let's let's take it to him. So Dupont's given the job. He's given nine ironclads. Uh, the new ironclad is his flagship, and then Smalls is piloting the Kao Cook. I think um, AC Rind is technically the captain, but Smalls is is piloting it. He's a driver. It's a 750 ton yeah. vessel. There are two cannons mounted on the turrets, and they're like you know you have these nine ironclads kind of like waiting in. 
Charleston Harbor for a while, and they're like taking fire and whatnot, like, trying to crack this nut again. And the Keokuk goes forward at about like 3:20 in the afternoon and takes really heavy fire from like Fort Moultrie and Fort Sumter because Fort Sumter, if you look at the map, it's kind yeah. of like I think of it like the advanced queen it's like the most advanced point yeah. and kind of like you're strong like a like an aggressive queen if you want but it anchors everything also and that now you've got now you've got cross sections that if you try to get through you're being fired at on not only from the islands around the harbor but from fort sumter as well because it's got this forward center position and he's like just him and his men, uh, Smalls and his men, and AC Ryan and everything are just in in the KO Cook, just getting just shelled, you know, boom, 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 like yeah. heavy, heavy ass shit. And so they they end up retreating. This is not, uh, they don't end up sieging Charleston at this point. Yeah, I, I don't have it here, but uh, we were just talking about it, so I figured I'd mention it. The fifty fourth Massachusetts and Robert Gouldshaw and everything, uh most famously remembered perhaps in the movie Glory, which I think is still on yeah. Netflix. That occurs July 1863. That's all part of this campaign to siege Charleston because Fort Wagner, it's like south of Charleston Harbor, and it's one of those one of those ports on the, on the south side. Uh, if you were entering Charleston Harbor, it would be like the left flank if you were if you were a ship. But the whole idea is like you have all these forts around Charleston Harbor, and if you can knock out some of those forts, then you can you can create an entrance for your 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 ironclads. For sure. So November and December of 1863, Smalls is named the captain of the planter. He is the first black captain of a U.S. Army vessel. That's not to say yeah. that he's like necessarily the first black captain employed by the army but he's the first black captain yeah. of a u.s army vessel january 1864 he buys the house that both he and his mother used to serve in at 501 prince street there's this uh this auction by the union government because all of these all these southern states they've seceded and uh but the but you still got to pay taxes when you when you secede yeah. that's what the federal government doesn't you still got to pay those taxes right and so that's the pretext Let that they use to seize all so you always, they always get you taxes <laughs> that, uh, they got the, al capone the confederacy man. taxes mm -hmm. al capone taxes yep that's what it's all about <laughs> you got to pay them man and so they they just they foreclosed on all these properties and sold them and smalls is able to buy buy up buy up this home and it's like a, a huge symbolic victory for himself i think i think because i know if you search like robert small's home you can still go to it it's still like up in buford and stuff it might be this address but i'm not i'm not entirely sure 501 prince street let me let me tell you something that's a that's what we call a boss move yeah it's pretty sick <laughs> yeah. it's pretty sick it's a pretty sick move may through november of 1864 uh, Smalls is in Philadelphia. The planter needed repairs at their naval yards. And while he's there, they, yeah, of course, you have Sherman's March to the Sea. There's a huge influx of formerly enslaved refugees from Georgia that end up in Beaufort and kind of uh, Port Royal area. And yeah. so now you've, you know, you have to take care of these people. You have to get them food. You have to get them medicine. You have to get them, you have to get them into the system, right? Yeah. 
And so on January 16th of 1865, William Tecumseh Sherman issues special order number 15, which sets aside land. I have a figure, I believe it's Edward Miller's figure, 40,000 acres for former enslaved peoples. And the yeah. planter is used, uh, put to use transporting Sherman's troops from Savannah, because he took Savannah, to Beaufort and Port Royal and everything. And the Confederates are trying to figure out where the hell Sherman's going to attack next. Is he going to hit Columbia? Is he going to hit Charleston? Who's to say? And so they just kind of abandon Charleston. They're anticipating this. The Union is anticipating this big climactic battle for Charleston. But the Confederates are just like, fuck it. And they just leave. And so they, yeah, they dip out. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. very, very, very pussy, very pussy yeah. of them. I might. Yeah. <laughs> April fourteenth of eighteen sixty-five. There's a huge celebration in Charleston because they learn of the surrender of Lee at Appomattox, and then of course, I think Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated two days prior to this. So there's kind of the dual, the dualism to it, to where it's like we're happy we, we won the war. We're sad that Lincoln got killed. Yeah. Uh, but time moves on, you know? Yeah. So now we get into the Reconstruction era and Small's rise through civilian politics. Uh, one of the first things that yeah. happens, it's a pretty harsh blow. Uh, September 12th of 1865, there's a presidential countermand, not necessarily to special order number 15, uh, Oliver Otis mm-hmm. Howard, who's like another... Union general and like champion of of Reconstruction, he issued this circular saying like, "Hey, what Sherman said in Special Order Number Fifteen is cool," because he thought Congress would back him up. But President Andrew Johnson just <laughs> the shit biggest bag. dick, one of the biggest dicks of the world. Of, of <laughs> yeah. Really, talk about really, how bad really, he really fucked a lot of shit up. You know, I don't fuck with any Andrews. None of Jackson, them. Jackson Johnson. Ah. No Drews. No Drews. It's a no bad guy's vibe. Named Drew. You know? Yeah. I, I generally, generally speaking, I'm. They always have a weird relationship with slavery. Okay. Right on. That's not. But I, I, I like that. I dislike them typically for different reasons. But yeah. No. I, I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> Other than slavery? Wait. <laughs> that's you agree with them on slavery? I'm, no. I'm, I'm no. I'm thinking about the Drews <laughs> that I know personally. The Drews that I know. The, the people with Drew in their names that I know personally. Are, are anti-slavery for sure, but I, I beef with them on different issues. That's what I'm, that's okay, what I'm, trying, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. All right. Right. Not really beef so I'm trying to be a better person. Right. I'm trying to be a less right. uh, confrontational person, shall we say. Trying to trying to make uh, okay. make more friends, right? Life's too short. Right? All, I'm hearing is, all, I'm, all I'm hearing is you're being pussy, and that's... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, I'm comfortable with it. Okay, okay. Presidential counterman, in response to the circular that Oliver Otis Howard issued, any Confederate, Johnson is basically saying that any Confederates who took the former Confederate officials, whomever, who took the loyalty oath, would be eligible to reclaim their old, confiscated, and potentially re-inhabited land. And so there's this whole, there's this, you know, Oliver Otis Howard and all the other guys as part of the, like, Freedmen's Bureau basically have to say, like, hey, that, those 400,000 acres that were set aside for you by, by, uh, Sherman, we, uh, we can't do it. We gotta, yeah. we gotta take those back. And it's like, well, Great. come on, man. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so mid-September, 
there's the South Carolina Constitutional Convention where they write the infamous Black Codes, which, uh, um, among other things, it forbade intermarriage between black people and white people. Uh, black people couldn't own non-hunting firearms or join militias. Uh, the quote-unquote servants had to obtain their quote-unquote master's permission if they wanted to leave. And yes, that was also part of the codes. They like had to use those uh -huh. words in particular. Yeah. There's a yearly licensing for like black artisans and craftspeople. Uh, they're forbade from making and selling spirits and the selling of produce generally. They um, black people needed their quote unquote master's permission or in order to sell the shit. It was it's, so just basically you know trying to reinstitute slavery only through uh, local government or like oh, states' rights. Oh, they're whatever, beta testing you know. Jim Crow. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <they're> yeah. <laughs> May, it's really fun to apply technical technical words like tech words to slavery uh -huh. and racism because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dry, it's a dress rehearsal for Jim Crow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> May of 1866, the planter is taking some. I, I liked this story a lot about Smalls mm -hmm. in in particular. May 1866, the the planter is taking some Union generals to inspect some islands off the coast of Georgia in Florida and there's this guy named McNulty. I believe that's his last name. It was the only thing that was provided. Mm -hmm. He's one of Ferguson's goons and John Ferguson is the guy whom owned no, who owned the planter and just like trying to get it back and McNulty, who's Ferguson's goon was piloting this other steamship called the Fanny. And, you know, the planters just kind of chilling, coasting along, going to these islands, and the Fanny's, like, zooming up behind it, just bup, And it's kind of like, oh, this ship's coming up on us pretty quick. I wonder what the hell the problem yeah. is. And it's the Fanny starts trying to, like, force the planter into some obstructions and into, like, some shallow waters and some obstructions that had been there since before the war by placing the Fanny in front of the path of the planter. And so yeah. instead of slowing down, Smalls picks up speed and pushes into the fanny, and he, like, pushes the ship for for a few miles. And it's just like, you know, things are coming toward a collision. And McNulty comes out on deck with a pistol. And Smalls comes out on deck with a double-barrel shotgun and says, Now shoot, and mind you, don't miss, for I won't. Yeah, man. You gotta be cold. You gotta be cold with a shoddy. <laughs> it's total bad. That's that's know? the that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Uh, that's the ultimate revenge. People uh -huh. say don't uh, you know don't don't get back. Get better or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Nah, mm -hmm. don't 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 go back and get back. Get a shotgun and learn get how to shotgun. use it proficiently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to have that kind of accuracy with a shotgun, to be confident like double barrel shotgun, I'm not gonna miss with yeah. this. I know it's a, notoriously known for kind of like scattered shots, but trust me. No, it's trust a me scatter shot. One. Okay, it's, yeah. It's a. I I can aim it over here. It's still gonna hit you. <laughs> <It's> still gonna <laughs> hit you. Doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah. The, the yeah, it's very it's generous. The uh, the <laughs> double barrel yeah. shotgun. Very generous in its in its scope and its. This range is a very accurate it's... statement. He was just saying, "I will not miss." I am I'm going good, to. Man. You will. I'll get shoot. Hit by this. I will turn yeah. around and I'll shoot behind me, and yeah. I will still hit you. Okay. This is a 1860 shotgun. It uh -huh. will hit. I don't. I, sh, I actually. I will not aim it at you purposely, and it will mm -hmm. hit you. And it will hit you, man. It'll, no it'll find its way. They don't end up coming to blows. Uh, one of the Union general. He's. He. I assume he comes out and he says something like, "For God's sakes, man, 
cool your tempers. Yeah. You know, cool this yeah, fervor. Yeah, you know, because there wasn't any like chill your jets, it, bro. It, it, or cool. it wasn't that cool. <laughs> something. No, nah, some it wasn't. Kinda, it wasn't that cool to like, calm everybody some, down. Some dude from Pennsylvania who's just like, hey, take it easy. Mid-August of 1866, the planter is put up for auction. It's no longer yeah. needed by the Army. The war's over. It's bought in September by a blockade runner in Baltimore, then transferred, or then uh, whoever bought it for him, I don't remember his name, transfers the planter ownership of the planter to john ferguson the like former confederate douchebag who was like angling for the planter all this time and uh and he got it in the end yeah so another thing that small starts doing is he starts getting active in local politics at this point he starts like organizing black people and kind of like consolidating his own power and like making his own connections he's also very wealthy at this point like he's been comparatively that is he's like made a whole bunch of uh good investments and yeah. he's kind of like growing his land holdings and like starting these businesses and whatnot and kind of you know um start uh, consolidating his power through these business and mm-hmm. c- business organizations, but also has like the civilian angle and yeah. whatnot. So he's, uh, he's doing well for himself, right? March, 1867, the first several reconstruction acts pass over Johnson's veto. Uh, former Confederate States now have to write new constitutions, uh, universal male suffrage and ratification of the 14th amendment are non-negotiables. Yeah. So there already was the Constitutional Convention in South Carolina where they wrote the Black Codes. I don't know, because they have a second Constitutional Convention, which we're about to talk about, but I don't know. It Surely it wouldn't like nullify the Black Codes. You know, I don't know what, what their status was. Or, I, you know. I'm, I think we just could safely say that the, the laws were still racist. Yeah, I think we can. I, yeah, I don't know about the technicalities. I just do. Yeah. Even if even if it wasn't on the books, I'm pretty sure most of these fuckers would still act this way. You know? Oh no, it's 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 on the books, but we, <laughs> we can safely say <laughs> that still still sucks. You know? yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's also growing pushback from like the quote unquote regulators, primarily under like Wade Hampton, and you have the growth of the Ku Klux Klan throughout the South generally kind of starts around this period. Now, mm-hmm. 1867, yeah. Smalls pushes to start a school for black children in Beaufort, and he also helps found the Beaufort Republican Club, which is the first Republican mm-hmm. organization in South Carolina. And I, I think it's kind of funny. Like, the for, if you were to tell somebody that today, if you were to tell, like, a root and tooth and yeah. South Carolinian Republican, like, hey, you know the first... You know, the first Republican organization in your state was started by a black man. They're, I don't know how they take it, man. I don't know how they take it. I think they would. So, one, I mean, everything, lots, a lot of stuff in this country. I mean, the parties have flipped, but just saying. And then, but also, like, they would, I, 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 knowing Republicans nowadays, they'd be like, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, it makes me feel proud to be a Republican in South Carolina. And that is why black people shouldn't be allowed to vote. Yeah, exactly. Unless they have, mm-hmm. there should mm-hmm. be no voting polls exactly. in their in their county. But mm-hmm. there should be a no. county over in uh-huh. the, right county. <laughs> the right county should have a voting a voting booth. Why? Because it's just 
you get it. Like, like you, you I, understand what we're talking. I'm about. I'm pretty sure they you know? would use that as cover. Yeah, to tell you to that George some other to, shit. to like be like to be racist. Also, we're gonna Floyd. we're <laughs> gonna uh, slash funding for public transportation. Yeah, right? we're gonna gut public transport as a, it's, as a, a, it's an undue burden on the taxpayer. Right, as the as the child of as the as the 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 metaphysical child of Robert Smalls, mm-hmm. as a Republican in South Carolina, I can mm-hmm. tell you that the last election was a scam. Like that, mm-hmm. he <laughs> Smalls wouldn't want. <laughs> This sort of chicanery to yeah. go down. All right. Yeah. Smalls yeah. knows what happened with yeah. Dominion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He knows was, what yes, happened. Yes. He saw it all go down. His spirit was tussling with the spirit of Hugo Chavez inside yeah. of the Dominion voting machines. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. He was trying to win it for, for old boy. But they uh, would say. <laughs> they, they, they would say they, and people anybody who's like oh man they wouldn't say that check the polls big dog check the polls <laughs> check the polls it's a little thing called hyperbole asshole yeah, yeah I would I would just say check the polls okay, <laughs> like, January 14th of 1868 Following the dictates of, I think it was he was a military governor, provisional governor, General R.S. Canby, the new constitutional convention for South Carolina convenes in Charleston. Robert Smalls is a delegate. On regarding education, Smalls calls for a quote-unquote system of common schools to be open without charge to all classes of persons, Mm -hmm. and the South Carolina Constitution will be voted on April 14th, 15th, and 16th. They also have elections for uh, state offices and the uh, nominating conventions uh, can be assigned special soldiers and police to protect the polling stations. The Constitution is approved and small secures a seat in the state House of Representatives. Okay. Which he serves from 1868 to 1870. That's his tenure. And again, the state house, the South Carolina House of Representatives, he worked to outlaw discrimination. Uh, he advocated equal treatment of all citizens in all places, uh, like public accommodation and licensed businesses, including mm-hmm. like theaters and, and railroads. Uh, he, he During this time, Ulysses S. Grant is elected over Democratic candidate Horatio Seymour. And then, of course, in addition to the rise of the Klan, you see the rise of these things called Rifle and Saber Clubs. So yeah. there's a special session of the South Carolina House of Reps. They pass a militia act banning any other armed body in the states. And so, you know, the Rifle and Saber Clubs, they start like kind of rebranding of like, oh, we're not a militia. We're a, we're a hunting organization. Yeah, man. Just a couple of pals. Just pheasants. Like pheasants to get up and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and aim these guns at, at black birds, uh-huh. black, black deer, uh-huh. black a lot of things. <laughs> Just a long pause. Yeah, the pause. Yeah, yeah. Gently, gently, oh, oh, gently crusted underneath uh-huh. the surface mm-hmm. is that racism that's similar. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Like a like a like a like a meat potato like a what was that called a pie I don't know fuck like it. a turducken it's over <laughs> like a turducken like yeah. an egg in the Sahara Desert or what is it uh-huh. Death Valley mm-hmm. who who cares June first eighteen seventy six 
the Smalls introduces, I think at this time, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this time, June 1st, 1876, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit because I want to, I just want to focus on the big yeah. ones. At this yeah. point, he is a congressperson representing mm-hmm. South Carolina. He's in the House of Representatives. There's an amendment, or there's a, there's a, a army restructuring, an army reduction bill that they're working on, and Smalls introduces an amendment that would have ended segregation in the army, yeah. and, but it does not get admitted, and yeah. much less discussed. Like, there are yeah. kind of all these objections, like, well, nah, we can't yeah. even talk about this, you know, and so they just don't. Yeah. But it would have, yeah, no. like, you know, uh, about 50 years before Truman did it. 50? I think, like, what, 75? 70, you're right, 49. 75. You did 49, yeah. 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 I, I'm not, my, my, math is not my strong suit, all right? No, 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 math is, math is the, the devil's work. But mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. <laughs> and then, same month, uh, June 25th, 1876, you've got Little Bighorn, and so now everybody's all yeah. fired up, and people are wanting to redeploy troops to the west, and Smalls is like, hey, maybe, yeah. maybe we keep them in South Carolina, though, because... We got all these hunting associations here, and uh, yeah. I I don't I wanna I I don't want to get killed. I don't want other people to get killed. Let's keep them in South Carolina, though, huh? What do you think? This this it's a bunch of hunting organizations with the aim of Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. It's like mm, mm. a lot of stray shots that yep. maybe aren't so stray. Maybe aren't so stray. <laughs> a lot of lot of a uh, lot of blunderbusses a lot of double barrel shotguns that will yeah. hit anything you want it to yeah. right yeah yeah and then just and then just like the majority just like out and out hatred mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> then march of 1877 you have the disputed presidential election i believe between fucking is it seymour again who Rutherford B. Hayes was running against? I think it was Seymour. Yo, we almost had a Horatio, fam. That's crazy. I know, man. The dude named Horatio as the pres- <laughs> president. Seymour? President yeah, Seymour? Yeah, that dude's going to have some shenanigans go on in his administration. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to fucking appoint like a, like a circus a clown. clown. A clown to well, Secretary of War or something. Why don't we just juggle? <laughs> It would honestly, during this time, be in a better choice than whoever. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> Actually, this is like the the period of presidential history I know the least about. It's like Reconstruction, post-Reconstruction, Gilded Age. I just know the Secretary of War in this era, like, which is like all about killing Native Americans. Yeah. So, like, if it's like a clown that's just juggling, that uh-huh. would have been chill also. That would have been chill. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been more chill. Pins. That, that was the reality. Yeah. So Hayes, Rutherford B. Hayes, the disputed presidential election, it all had to do with like the the occupation and just the unruliness of the South yeah. generally and just like white supremacy and yeah. the KKK dis you know <laughs> just running around, what they dicks do, out. Running around yeah, doing around crazy shit, out. you know, preventing yeah, people yeah. from voting, all sorts of shit. Yeah. And so that that's kind of like the main bone of contention is that presidential election is saying like no Hayes won or Hayes would have won if 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 you know the KKK and white people just generally would have allowed more black people to vote but there was so much voter disenfranchisement that I guess there was like an issue with the number this is another thing I'm not 
entirely clear on. But Hayes, there's eventually like another corrupt bargain, basically, that yeah. takes place where Hayes is named president as long as he withdraws Republican troops from the South and I think names somebody, names like a prominent Southerner to his cabinet. That way they can kind of like keep an eye on him, you know? This is. This is the end of the, the Reconstruction, uh, also known as the coming together of white America uh-huh. to say, <laughs> to, to kind of say, fuck black people. Yeah. It's like basically how Reconstruction ends, which is like, that we had a lot of disagreements north and south, and we mm-hmm. don't really care about them. Fuck those black people. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move forward together. <laughs> One thing I didn't know is that there's also a dispute regarding who would be governor of South Carolina. Oh, okay. There's like withdrawal, the withdrawal of troops. So as soon as as soon as this, uh, I want I want to call it the second corrupt bargain. Huh? There we go. Yeah. As soon as okay. as soon as Hayes is like confirmed president. In exchange for the troops being withdrawn, mm-hmm. the Republican candidate, this guy Chamberlain, I'm sorry, I don't have his first name, he yeah. sees the writing on the wall, and he's like, okay, shit, I'm going to bow out, and he surrenders the government to Wade Hampton, who was one of the, I think he's like former Confederate, deeply involved with the Klan, not a great dude. Now he's don't governor. Don't trust no dude right? named Wade. Wade, I've not all. I've also. I got problems with Drews. I got problems. I got more problems with Wade. Yeah, I got. Okay? I off top. I never even <laughs> friends with a Wade. Wade, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, my name. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Skip. Let me Wade? tell you something about a Wade. What do you do? Let me tell you something about a Wade. He has a okay. scoop haircut, and he's gonna call you the N word sooner or later. Just wait on it, big dog. I knew one Wade. He was actually nice, but I don't know how he is now, man. Who knows? And so Wade Hampton, he goes and he, like, purges Republicans in uh, prominent positions. Yeah. 1877, Smalls gets into a little bit of trouble with the, quote-unquote, red shirts, which is kind of what the, like, white or the conservative, they would call themselves, like, conservatives with the white supremacist faction in, yeah. in uh, South Carolina, called themselves at this time the red shirts. They have Smalls arrested on a $5,000 bribery charge while he was serving as state senator and Edward Miller Jr., he's saying that historians mostly agree that the case against him was like politically motivated and the evidence yeah. was very scant. It relied on uh, heavily on the testimony of one guy, Josephus Woodruff, who was mm-hmm. like clerk of the Senate, and uh, him and Smalls had beef. But like Woodruff also wrote in his diary privately basically saying how like hard it was to because there was like a lot of corruption in this period generally yeah. yeah and woodruff is writing he's like damn man i can't smalls won't let me do nothing man you know because he's like a good dude so yeah, it's just no, interesting it's... that the same guy is writing like oh man i can't i can't get smalls in on any of this and also saying like he took five thousand dollars and you know miller goes into it in the book i'm not going to because it's it's yeah. a lot okay yeah no it's uh yes this is a crazy corrupt period i'm glad that smalls was involved in that uh but this is a crazy this is just i used to say it's railroad uh, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> the other hey, ching right? And just, I like that. I just, it's just funny. I don't like it, but there is, it is interesting to see. Like, then this time you have, I don't, I don't, I want to call it the multi, multi clan, because just different kind of clan organizations, mm, mm. <laughs> like just super, kind of working the together. The clan, yeah. The super clan. It's mm-hmm. multi headed clan, dog. Yeah, man, like a hydra. <laughs> hydra, hydra clan. Oh wow, it's gross. <laughs> And, uh, it's all the all the different heads on this 
on this historic prehistoric monster have hoods on them. <laughs> <laughs> the Hydra class. <laughs> Coming out Some of, of Atlanta. Some of them have helmets. Some of them have other yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all, they all have the so some of the other guys investigating him as part of this they also have like dirt under their fingernails and they're involved in fraudulent activities but somehow that also doesn't come up in the trial he's sentenced to three years hard labor and then he like appeals it and is going back and forth while still serving as a congressperson and he's eventually pardoned by the governor in exchange for the federal government dropping an investigation into voter suppression and disenfranchisement by Democrats in South Carolina. So there's another just, okay. you know, politics as usual. Politics as usual, man. 18, I'm sorry, October 1878. I wanted to mention this, but we're rounding out. Small's claim to his home in Beaufort is upheld by the United States Supreme Court over this uh, claim ah. by this guy, William de Treville. So Henry McKee, who is Small's yeah. former owner, sold the house. I think it's it might be the house on Prince Street. Don't take me on that. He sold the house to yeah. William de Treville in 1851. And then during the auction, because, you know, de Treville didn't pay his fucking taxes, uh, so that's when Smalls yeah. bought it. And basically the whole the whole thing between de Treville and Smalls is like, who has the claim to the home and the Supreme Court sides with Smalls? They say non-payment of taxes during the war is a valid reason to have your shit foreclosed on if you're a Confederate. Yeah. You, you didn't pay your taxes, bro. I'm sorry. It's his, you know. Gotta always remember those taxes, dog. Gotta remember your tax. Gotta, gotta fucking will fuck dot you. your I's and cross your T's, bro. Sales and use is due July 15th, Okay. Only thing, only thing that's the only thing that's constant in this world, death and taxes. Yeah, man. And that is, and that is true. Yeah. What was cool about this, the the case, if you want to look into it, is uh, De Trevel v. Smalls, eighteen seventy eight. It becomes the legal yeah. precedent, and so this means that like other black people who had acquired their property in similar sales no. would be protected against like litigation and removal because it's like, not nope, Supreme Court already decided it. You have you have no claim. It's mine. Yeah. All right. Fuck off. Fuck off. 1878 to 1889, he is on and off in Congress. He's participating in both like a lot of state and national nominating conventions, campaigning for re-elections, wheeling mm-hmm. and dealing. And there's just there's a, we we should do like a wormhole or a deep dive one day on like South Carolina politics because there's yeah. a fucking there's a mess of information here that I, I just couldn't yeah. just couldn't cover. You know? No, it's too much. It's too much. I understand. Yeah. And he's like trying to pass uh, racial integration measures. Mm-hmm. He warns against an exodus of black people out of South Carolina because violence had upsurged so much. He's like, don't yeah. go to the Midwest. Don't go to the North. We need to hang on to shit here. There's mm-hmm. like a rumor that he was in favor of like Liberian resettlement. He comes out harsh against that as well. He's like, no, South Carolina this is, is a, my yeah, home. This is an interesting time in, in like black political thought and like yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 1890. Yeah. Uh, Smalls has appointed the lucrative job of customs collector for the port of Beaufort, his home, and yeah. he serves until 1912. Uh, his term is like interrupted slightly either during, I think, while Grover Cleveland was president. Again, I'm not going to get into it, but just the amount of history yeah. that this man lived through is immense. Like, uh, there's a he was involved in the militia. I forgot to mention, uh, heavily involved in like the the state militia. Ended up being, I think, a major general in the militia. One of his. Uh, 
1898, you have the sinking of the USS Maine and the outbreak of mm-hmm. the Spanish-American War. One of the militia units that Smalls trained, the it's the Beaufort Light Infantry, uh, ends, yeah. up, ends up serving in the Spanish-American War. Uh, okay. June 1st of 1900, Smalls is awarded the additional sum for the appraised value of the planter. And it's still only $5,000. Which is down yeah, from that, that yeah. eighteen thousand five hundred. Which 30. so yeah, yeah. They, they were going back and forth in like eighteen ninety six, yeah. where they were saying, "All right, what if we just call it a flat rate of twenty thousand minus the fifteen hundred he already got? So that would be eighteen fifty. But again, when they initially appraised it, it was worth like sixty thousand. So they 60, still yeah. only got thirty. He 60, still only got yeah, about yeah, okay. a tenth of what he what he should have been owed owed for the planter. So it got screwed, but they're gonna fuck you. They're, they're gonna, gonna fuck, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he did like have a family. Uh, Hannah Jones died, I think, in the eighteen eighties. That's his first wife. He did get remarried. He had children and everything, and yeah. you know watch to see them grow up and lead successful lives and go to school and then on february 23rd 1950 he dies of a a of malaria and there was also like complications due to his i think his diabetes it was like diabetes tag team with the malaria and and he died but again just like the amount of history that he lived through and the amount of shit that he got done and the fact that He's not often discussed. There's a lot of podcast episodes on him, but as far as American public school curriculum, nah, you know, he's uh, missing. Yeah. But just a really cool story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super cool. This this has been incredibly interesting. Something I did not know a whole lot about. Thank you, Henry, for doing the research on this one. Of course. Um, Guys, thank you for listening. Always, you can always, you know, you know where to find us, Hard Fried History, Instagram, Next and week. Facebook, HFish Podcast on Twitter, Hard Fried History on, we'll do that after, okay? We'll, okay. Let right, me right, run right, through right, the right, bullshit. Right. I always fuck right. this up. It's cool. <laughs> HFH Podcast on Twitter, Hard Fried History on Instagram. Um, all right, Henry, where, where, what are we doing next week? Next week, we are beginning, beginning our a three-part episode on Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And we're going to do a, a wormhole on, on court packing, which will be, okay. you know, which is relevant. So we're going to do Pretty sexy. This is going to be yeah, a man. pretty sexy. I'm excited. Pretty sexy I'm, I'm uh, excited. content coming up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, uh, you guys can follow me at Joshua B. Stokes on Instagram and Twitter Joshua Stokes on Facebook uh, Henry where can they follow you at I'm just Henry E. Price on IG and Henry Price on Facebook okay thank you guys we love you thank you for listening we'll see you next time mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. alright peace peace